What the fuck is up, world? Bialy Plaltik Pak. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. Back again with another one of these podcast flows. Another podcast for that ass. It's been about three weeks now since my last podcast. Um, I'm not going to front. The little time off was much appreciated on my behalf. Hopefully you even noticed that I was gone. I know I'm competing for your attention. For those of you who are still listening along, yo, for real, real shit, I appreciate the fuck out of that shit, yo. Especially y'all motherfuckers that ain't even from here in El Paso, the homies that I first turned on to this. I'm talking about everybody that's been downloading it from like different states. Yo, what's up, dog? I see you. And especially y'all motherfuckers that have been downloading this shit from around the globe. What the fuck is up for reals to you? I... (laughs) respect homie okay um yeah so obviously the semester started for me recently it's been about four weeks now we're going into the fourth week give or take and um yeah it's always a hectic time at the beginning of the semester so i do apologize that has in and of itself kept me from being able to do a podcast but also you know i also wanted to take some time to uh you know just reflect a little bit more uh, as much as I love pumping these out on a consistent weekly basis, it's uh, it's not difficult in the sense, you know, I, obviously if I, when I have the time, I can sit down and fucking do it. But uh, I just like to reflect on ideas. I like to really sit with ideas and I like to, you know, challenge my own ideas that I've been coming up with at any given moment and actually ask myself, is this how I really feel about the subject? Or if maybe this is how uh, this is just an initial reaction. And sometimes I fear that in just pumping out these podcasts too quickly, what I'm providing you with is not that actual nuanced perspective that I hope you have come to expect of me so much as it is just the first initial thought that comes to mind. And I just, I don't feel like rocking like that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, for those of you who have been listening and, you know, ask yourself perhaps, damn, this motherfucker hasn't dropped a podcast in a while. I guess he must be done with the game. Fuck no, dog. This game until I spit my last motherfucking breath. Okay. Uh, just again, the reason why is because I wanted to sit with the ideas that I have for the podcast today and actually, you know, make sure this is how I really feel. And I can say with utmost confidence that at this very moment today, February 17th at around noonish 2020, that, well, that's European Christian time, right? Uh, something like 10,000 plus and, you know, indigenous Nahuatl time, the seed stories, the sacred maze is our mother, right? The maze chronicles type shit. Anyways, following uh, Euro-American, Christian, Abrahamic, uh, religious time, the year again, 2020. And at least right now, this is how I can currently tell you that I feel with utmost certainty that the podcast that I'm going to drop with you today is how I feel. I could change the moment this fucking podcast is over. I could be midway through and be like, hey, actually, you know what? Fuck that. That shit's dumb as fuck. I really don't. I don't even know why I said that. I apologize. Don't hold me to it forever because I as the manifestation of Teotel that you see standing in front of you, for those of you who are watching through the video, for those of you who are just listening as the manifestation of Teotel that is vibrating through your ears at the current moment, right? And subject to constant change. We live in a universe of flux through this vivifying, electrifying force named of Teotel, right? And to assume that it's going to be in constant as it currently is manifested is an outright disregard and certainly ignorance for the indigenous Mexica metaphysical view of reality, right? So that's just a fancy way for saying like, yeah, dog, I feel this way right now, but I could change, right? Or I could not. I could get even more fucking deeper into this shit. Who knows, right? Um, the point that I'm trying to make is that right here for today, uh, I'm going to be discussing a, uh, it's kind of taboo. Okay. And I hate even qualifying it because one of the ideas that I was fucking with these last three weeks that I have, you know, have not podcasted is how 
fucking taboo it is to discuss this kind of shit, man. Now, me personally, I've always been this kind of way since I was a kid. And again, as I was listening, as I was reflecting on these thoughts, part of me wondered, is it because I was born this way? Like it's in my fucking genetic code to feel this type of way? Because honestly, there's a few people in my family, perhaps my most favorite one, my grandfather, who is exactly this way. And you know, uh, the one, the one, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to out it to you. So you can say, like, so you can stop wondering to yourself, like, what the fuck's this food talking about? What kind of way? Conspiratorial homeboy. Okay. <laughs> just admitting that in and of itself has probably got some of you like, oh, here we go with the birds aren't real shit. Maybe if we have enough time, we'll get to the birds aren't real shit. Okay. But for now, uh, in, in highlighting my grandfather, right. I uh, remember my favorite one that he dropped just randomly, 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 because my grandfather is a very stoic figure. He's the typical, uh, you know, the stereotypical even uh, uh, Indian person who, you know, is supposed to be stoic and whatever. Uh, and, you know, so growing up with him, it was very rare that he would even talk or show much emotion. I should say affection more specifically. Right. And when he did talk to us, it was more so in a way to, you know, set us straight, to guide us, to drop knowledge and occasionally whip that ass. Right. Um, but so for us to for him to just suddenly drop this out of nowhere, it was pretty fucking big deal. I have very I have a few of these instances from my grandfather when he's done this. It's always always taking us aback. Right. Um, but this one particular case, we were just sitting there. We were eating lunch. It was me, my grandmother and I and my grandfather, rather me, my grandmother and I. Yeah, of course, I already said me. But my grandfather, my grandmother and I. Right. And we were just sitting there eating, you know, lunch. And all of a sudden, my grandfather asked me in Spanish, yo, where do you think the Great Pyramids came from? Now, he didn't say yo, but just fucking hearing that, that shit legit caught me off guard. And I was like, excuse me, what? And he repeated it. The pyramids. Where the fuck do you think they came from? Now, he was referring to the ones in Egypt, right? Uh, but I'm sure he's aware of the ones in, 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 in Mexico as well. But I just told him like some fucking basic shit. Because, you know, I didn't, at this time, didn't realize my grandfather was on this wave. Then I just responded to him. I was like, well, you know, supposedly they were built by, you know, slaves is what we're told. To which he hit me back right away with the, and you believe that? And I honestly, I looked at him and I said, yeah. Because I didn't want to tell him what I really believed about that kind of shit because I didn't want him to think I was fucking weird. Right. What do I think? I don't think that, you know, it's weird to say that aliens did it, obviously, because that dismisses the, the 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 efforts, if you will, of the peoples, not just of Mexico, but of Egypt and around the world. Right. The indigenous peoples. It undermines, seriously undermines their capabilities and their intelligence. However, prior to getting real deep into the fucking indigenous Mexica shit. I was fucking balls deep into the aliens created human shit, right? Now, now that I reflect on it, see, this is a, this is a, we'll call this a teaching moment. This is one instance and we're midway through the podcast. I might very well change my fucking mind, right? Well, here we go. This is one of them. Now that I think about it, it's almost as if, you know, if you really want to get ooh, kind of technical, perhaps a little spicy with it, the identity politics bullshit, it's kind of almost like I replaced one ideology for the other. What was the first initial ideology? The fucking aliens and the Anunnaki and the creation of human beings and all that kind of man, I was balls deep into that kind of shit. Uh, Eric Van Sertema, you know, humans are aliens mining gold to protect their environment from us, uh, from a, a world, the sun that's becoming too hot. And that because of that, we here at the world today is still 2020. We value this seemingly useless, not useless, obviously, it's got a, a variety of uses right but how random that gold just came to be something that we valued as people out of all the things that we value right gold came to be the gold standard part of my terrible uh, pun right 
So what this fucking Van Sertima character is saying is that the reason is, is because, you know, the aliens created humans in order to help them mine the gold necessary to spray that shit off into the ionosphere to protect their earth, their environment from a, a warming sun. Now, pause, because again, this is, I got to qualify it. I know it sounds crazy and conspiratorial for those of you who might be rolling your eyes, but one of the fucking, um, one of the uh, suggestions that's you know surfaced by the scientific community as a means to potentially combat global warming here on earth is to spray chemicals fucking metals precious metals into the sky to uh, uh, you know to create something of a uh, of an ionosphere that could deflect some of the sun's rays and potentially help cool the earth right so i know it sounds crazy and conspiratorial and again i hate to fucking qualify it but like it is what it is man right so going back to my grandfather uh, he just dropped this shit on me like completely randomly. It kind of took me aback, despite the fact that at that time, I, my whole life, again, seriously into this kind of fucking conspiratorial shit. And then he proceeded to say, I just don't see how they move the stones up the River Nile, right? Uh, with just humans. Like, how is that possible? Like, the, he was talking about how giant and massive the stones were, how perfect and precise the cutting into the Egyptian pyramid stones are, right? How much labor it would have taken to build a motherfucking uh, a pyramid with seemingly primitive tools. Like, we take for granted the way that we can currently build skyscrapers in 2020 because we live in this technological world, he's saying. But at the time, like, these motherfuckers were doing it with you know, basic element, I don't want to say elementary, but very primitive tools. And he just was not buying it. He said, nah, man, I'm not buying it. I'm sure humans helped. I'm sure humans helped, but I just don't think it was possible for them to build them on their own. Right. So introducing the idea here of possible reptilian and Anunnaki type shit. I also have a fucking uncle also love, right? Straight love for my uncle. But I remember one time we were just sitting there this is going to be a little weird because, it, you know, my uncle's not that much older than I to begin with. But we were sitting there kicking it, drinking and shit. Uh, I was about 16. And um, all of a sudden he came out of nowhere with, yo, what do you think about uh, uh, Planet X? And I said, what the fuck? What is Planet X? And then he went off on his whole spiel to introduce me, Planet X, Nibiru. That's where the fucking Anunnaki comes from. Uh, he was telling me some shit like, how is it that humans develop mathematics? Like, we're the only creature that's capable of, 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 of creating mathematics. Where the fuck did that come from? If we all come from evolution, how is it that we evolved to be mathematically inclined? Now, maybe there's a potential answer to this question. I'm sure it's out there. I've never even bothered looking it up. But it did catch me off guard a little bit. I was like, mm, that's a good question. I've never really considered that, right? And then he went off on this whole, he continued on his spiel about, you know, the Anunnaki and the lizard people and all that kind of shit. Right. So obviously um, that shit, I, I bring up my grandfather and my uncle as an example, because it's obviously somewhere in our family. So the question becomes, is this genetic? Is this just some shit that my family is predisposed to, like being conspiratorial? Or is it possible? And this was the second way that I was thinking about it. That like myself, not only my uncle but definitely my grandfather grew up in a world where we just are very distrustful people by nature, not because of our genetics. Well, I guess it is because of our genetics, the color of our skin, man. I'm just going to be fucking out with it. The identity politics may be bullshit, but I'm telling you straight up, for those of you who are people of color, you fucking know the deal. For those of you that aren't like, yo, man, I don't want to be another one of those oh, fucking white privilege guys, right? No, nah, man, I'm not, I don't want to be that person, but I'm telling you straight up, if you are a white person, you and I have a complete different understanding of reality, right? Now, I'm not saying that, you know, fucking I'm feeling, well, you know, I don't want to say outright oppressed or that I experience everyday racism and prejudice on a daily basis. 
places because I don't, right? It's there, but it, but it is there, I should say. You know, something as subtle as being pulled over from a police officer. We live in El Paso. Many of the police officers here are ex-military. And these military people, you know, they come from all over the United States. And sometimes, you know, we get I get pulled over. I've been pulled over by some people from, you know, white people, white police officers who you know aren't from El Paso. And they may very well be from one of these fucking states that has still very hostile views towards brown Mexican people, right? Now, of course, people want to say immediately like, oh, bro, you're just fucking complaining and complaining. It's just not real. No, bitch, fuck you. It is, right? Even this this requires some understanding of like the social construction of reality, how these ideas at their most fundamental levels, more science here for you, right? Uh, Influences our perception of reality and may even trigger some sort of fucking pre-established or predetermined prejudice towards people even when we conscientiously refuse to do you know even if we're conscientiously disgusted by such actions right so to say that it's not there also is like come on man you're being disingenuous yourself so how does this relate towards you know the second element of the conspiratorial threat it's simple man when you grow up again for those of you who are black brown like myself right you you know the deal you we're just immediately fucking suspect of government agencies in general right and i don't see how you can fucking blame us bro we are the descendants of people who fucking survived government induced holocaust okay they tried to kill not only our physical brown bodies but they try to kill our culture as well like our spiritual customs our language our food traditions they try to kill all of that through things like the military, through things still to this day like the border patrol, all kinds of shit, homie. And to say that that's still the the fucking the 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 sentiments of that time still don't aren't aren't in place, that's fucking crazy talk, man. The current the current government right now and its accompanying institutions, whether it be the military, the first one, the police force, the FBI, all that kind of shit, the courts, the justice system, they were built, their epistemic foundation lies securely on fucking white nationalism, bro. And, you know, with that foundation in place to assume that prejudices are going to just magically disappear because we had a fucking, you know, a black president a couple years ago or because I, as a Mexican, can comfortably experience life in the United States without much, as a Chicano, right? Without much fucking, you know, fear. I don't want to say outright fear, at least, right? Sometimes I'm around. I'm not gonna lie, man. Sometimes, I, like, I was just recently up in um, Albuquerque, and I'm just being honest with you, yo. I was around like a lot of white people, and part of me was kind of nervous sometimes. I'm like, damn, I'm kind of fucking. I'm kind of on edge right now. Why? Why am I on edge? Because, bro, I'm a fucking me- I'm a Chicano person, and I fucking live in a world most likely like you again as a person of color that we're living in the aftermath of a, again attempted genocide bro and to assume that again those sentiments just went away because of whatever reason it's just not it's fucking nonsensical bro we know full well hate towards sentiment hateful sentiments towards people like myself other peoples of color towards gay people towards jewish people like come on man we know that shit still exists and to assume that it just fucking magically vanished that it's 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 disingenuous and it's hurt, it's hurtful to the cause right um, so on that respect, then that, that very kind of suspicion that I harbor naturally, there's all kinds of people of color out there. My own personal favorite one, Eddie Bravo, right? Uh, that we, we, we hold these views and these beliefs, whether intrinsically, whether we've acknowledged them or not, but we're always very suspect and suspicious of governmental institutions, right? So the other part of me that I was thinking to myself is maybe these fucking 
these conspiratorial doubts and beliefs they're just a direct manifestation of the uh, uh, of uh, of my socialization process of growing up right it, this is the nature versus nurture argument was is it in their nature in my nature to be in my family's nature to be conspiratorial or is it possible that the reason we're conspiratorial is because we're just initially suspect because of the treatment of brown peoples on this continent by, by, you know, the government of the United States? Is it because of that that we're just, you know, low key suspect of everything that we're told? Right. Honestly, it's probably a combination of both. OK. And whatever the case is, the long way, the, the, the short way to a long fucking introduction to this podcast then becomes simple. By the way, OG underscore Ice Nice 13 on the Instagram if you've yet to follow is that, you know, it sucks to have to qualify shit like saying we're going to talk about a little we're going to talk a little bit about some conspiracies today. OK, uh, it sucks because it's it's very convenient. It's a very convenient label to uh, it's a very convenient box, I should say, to force people into because we have been socialized in such a way we've been raised in such a way where, you know, to believe in fringe conspiratorial thinking is considered just irrational. It's considered fucking crazy even. Okay. But to me personally, qualifying it, everything that I just said to be, uh, you know, for the last 16 minutes or so on some more real shit, it seems almost absurd to not consider, you know, um, conspiratorial quote unquote, I should say at this point, conspiratorial thinking. And the reason why is because at the heart of critical discourse, at the heart of critical analysis lies an, an inherently conspiratorial bent, namely towards the pre-established norm that it is that we're challenging. So it's very easy, for instance, for someone who is in the quote unquote position of power to try to dismiss any sort of critical, you know, uh, let's say critique of them in general who them is i don't fucking know man the illuminati the freemasons the lizard people fuck there's so many potentials out there it's not even fucking worth trying to mention at the in this particular point if you'll actually excuse me though um if so i can find the book one second i can't find it right off the top it's uh usually it's uh, standing around here but i reorganized my desk a little bit so i can't immediately find it anyways it's a book that's dedicated not it's just a, a whole book entire book that's dedicated towards the, all the various you know secret societies if you will that exist out there i wish i could have it on hand right now so i could give you the name and you could just fucking you know it, perhaps i don't even know the name Okay, I just found it on Amazon and I ordered that bitch immediately. I've been meaning to go through it, but I haven't had a chance yet. But essentially, it's just a big book of fucking all, again, the, the secret societies that exist out there, right? Anyways, the whole point with this is simple. Who the fuck the they is, I, I, I can't tell you right now. There's so many potentialities, okay? Now, I should further qualify this that I, this is actually a little bit of lazy thinking on my behalf, which to be fair, is often a criticism that's lodged towards critical or rather conspiracy theories, which I absolutely agree with. I absolutely agree that it's very fucking lazy thinking in some respects. Okay. But, um, the whole point is that like in my classes, for instance, one of the life rafts, the initial life rafts, like week one, week two, that I try, that I insist on divorcing my students from. I don't give them the opportunity to hang on to these very long. I'm talking after week one. I, that's it. Like you, you can't use this life raft anymore. Is to immediately say that the quote unquote them is shit like the government, shit like society. We live in a society, man. Like yeah, fuck. Obviously, 
Okay, so that's that's a syllogism, bro. And we let go of those little uh, life wraps immediately because it's very easy. Again, it's 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 the very same critique it's, it's, it, it, that I just said right now, where you just lob you 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 lob shit rather into a box and you just immediately discount it, and then somehow that's supposed to be the end all solution to the answer. Fuck no, that's lazy thinking. And I'm gonna just be outright with you and state that many many much of the conspiracy theory community is guilty of this very thing i would want to say like 99.9 percent is guilty of that very thing and myself included at one point up until i started uh, studying philosophy as an undergraduate and you know learning more philosophical and critical thinking skills to realize the error in my ways okay so uh the reason that i bring it up then is because as much as i would love to say shit like you know individual cult, uh, uh, secret societies and all that kind of stuff to justify a little bit of what I'm going to talk about today. Unfortunately, I just I don't have that information on hand right now. Now, again, I shouldn't say again because it's the first time I'm going to bring it up. But just because I don't have the information on hand at this moment doesn't mean that it's some sort of a fucking fault on my behalf. Like, let's just nip that shit right in the bud. OK, because this is just a very convenient way for people to dismiss critical objections to their fucking established dominance by simply stating that because we lack the evidence to justify or verify these claims, if you will, which again is necessary and definitely in philosophy, but that because we don't have this knowledge or this evidence that somehow undermines us, okay, the people who are critiquing this, to which I'll simply say like, nah, man, you are unjustly shifting the burden of proof to me. And the reason why is because, yo, part of being in the position of power dictates that you get to decide what the fuck people learn. It dictates that you get to decide what people have access to, what information and knowledge people have access to. It gets to dictate that you essentially, I'll get another syllogism, are fucking in control, which is haunting. It is terrifying, especially that point when you start to realize is one of the things that I try to get my students to realize very fucking early, okay? is part of the critical thinking skills, you have to understand that sometimes many of the ideas that we're going to be addressing, they're going to be ideas that you were taught to by the people in control. Who are the people in control? The government, man. Society, man. Exactly. The conspiratorial type thinking that I say, nah, we got to push back. We got to push against this and dig deeper. Okay. But in this case, like it's fucking 100% real, bro. We're, you know, let's take the public school system, for instance, public education in general. Most of us are success are, 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 are subjected to it out of th coercive threat and force. We're forced literally out of fear of suffering potential, uh, uh, you know, uh, potential ramifications via the government, whether it's local or other, because we don't attend school or because our children don't attend school. They're trying to get that crap, that, that, that cash, for instance, I was going to say cream and cash and somehow crack came out, right? Nah, they're trying to get that cream that they're fucking expecting that from our, either our presence, our children's presence, whatever. That's a very surface level answer here, okay? Obviously, like public schools, they run off taxpayer dollars. And whenever we don't attend, whenever our children don't attend, they lose out on that. So they're going to obviously try to secure that bag one way or another because that's how they pay the fucking bills. Like, I get that, okay? But on some more real shit, we're subliminally fucking co-opted, subjected, coerced to this public school system out of fucking threat of future failure, for instance, social ostracization, ostracization, all sorts of other latent examples that can potentially affect those of us that don't attend public school, which is fucked up because you start to think about like, yo, real shit. 
What did they even teach me in public school that was in my interest anyways? There's a current uh, uh, trend right now on social media that's highlighting this very tension right here. It's the one where uh, one of the most uh, prominent ones that I've seen is, of course, through a SpongeBob meme. And it was the stu- it was like a SpongeBob what character asking somebody else like, hey, how do I pay my bills? How do I pay taxes, etc.? To which the teacher figure simply said, I don't know, but uh, lava when it's inside the earth is called taxes. Okay. Like, what the fuck is the point of learning all this kind of shit? It's not going to help me in the future. It's not beneficial to me now. You should be teaching me some fucking real life skills that are going to be able to be transferred once I leave this fucking prison. Okay. Now, obviously, they don't do that. And why? Well, this is where the conspiratorial quote unquote thinking starts to come into play. Now, this ties into the previous point that I was trying to make. It's an easy way for it to be called conspiratorial. But honestly, this is a real critical, rational critique that has i'm not just raising them people all in through the critical uh critical pedagogy field right now are currently raising i should mention this book at this point again right now as something of a an attempt to uh make up for the fact that i couldn't give you the other one chris emden reality pedagogy right he's very clearly highlighting the ways that public schools have fucking failed us they don't they do not provide us with critical thinking skills and when they and uh what they do teachers is bullshit that you and i as people of color but just anybody in general we don't fucking relate to man shakespeare is 500 years old bro we don't speak the same language why the fuck are we still teaching him instead of teaching kendrick lamar if you ask me straight up, the only answer is this underlying racism that I was talking about earlier, right? This deep-seated racism where we think to ourselves, oh, they're not racist, right? It's just part of the public education system. Like, nah, bullshit, man. That public education itself is one of those very institutions that I was talking about that's grounded in this racist ideology that serves as the foundation for this country. So of course the public school system is going to be racist. You know what I'm saying? So when we say, why don't we teach Kendrick Lamar over racist? The first thing we need to acknowledge is that even if you're not a white person, you've probably internalized some racist hostilities and you say to yourself shit like, well, it's because, you know, Shakespeare has been proven throughout the course of time. And it's the standard from which we measure all things to which people like myself, Chris Emden would, would simply say, OK, first of all, what relevance does Shakespeare have again, speaking his weird ass language that people who only pretend to understand, right? Uh, non-English literature majors pretend to understand, I should say. A, that right there, but B, more importantly, like who the fuck sets the standard? Seriously, who gets to set the standard? And you're going to tell them, obviously, this is historically speaking, European people. What the fuck qualifies them as being worthy of setting the standard, aside from the fact that they were the ones that were able to establish physical force and then, you know, from there, parlay into all the shit that led us to this point here being they're the ones that get to determine what is, you know, determine rather what is the standard. They're the ones that get to determine what we're taught, what we're not taught, et cetera. Right. So when we circle back all the way to the initial critique of the quote unquote conspiratorial thinking, it should hopefully, at least at this point, become a little bit more obvious. And that is that of course, they're not going to give us the information that we need to be able to defend ourselves, right? Intellectually. Of course, they're not going to give us the critical thinking skills necessary to question their, you know, their their hold on power. And most importantly, of course, they're going to create words like that's just conspiracy theory shit in order to keep people like myself and others from critiquing their stranglehold on our reality. In fact, this is as good a time as any 
to try to not try to but i'm actually i've been wanting to i've been wanting to do more shit with this book right here but it's just honestly it's taking something of a, of a of a back it's just it's in the back burner right now okay and i'm gonna be honest with you the only reason why is because i love zizek right i really do love zizek but i'm kind of just burnt out on european philosophy in general right now i've been really really fucking immersing myself in indigenous mexica philosophy and I, I, honestly just one of the, the one of the things that suffered because of that is much of my uh uh, uh focus if you will on non-indigenous Mexica philosophical theories, okay? Anyways, the point that I was trying to make is that I've actually been trying to focus. I was, I, I wanted to work on a series on Zizek here, but it's just, it's going to be on the back burner for a while, okay? But however, this is a perfect opportunity, given what I've been discussing thus far, to share one of my favorite jokes from Zizek, okay? Uh, again, the book here is called Zizek's Jokes. And, uh, you know, and it's basically a compilation of all because he's got writing. He's a very good writer, right? He's a very prolific writer, to be sure. And uh, one of the things that he's known for is his fucking sense of humor, right? And this book is just a collection of the various jokes that he's dropped throughout various, you know, lectures, writings and all that kind of shit. And on this one in particular, it's perfectly highlights everything that I've been talking about, right? Now, when I'm talking about when I'm when I'm introducing this to my students, I call it the red marker and blue marker joke okay the red and the blue and obvious uh, uh, at least for me here i'm not sure if it's exactly what zizek was intending you don't talk about it i've never met the motherfucker so i can't say but it's a very clear uh, correlation if you will to the red blue uh, red pill blue pill that's very prominent in the conspiratory uh, the conspiracy community oh by the way before i even continue with the joke i found the fucking book okay it's called cults conspiracies and secret societies the straight scoop on Freemasons, the Illuminati, Skull and Bones, Black Helicopters, and New World Order by Arthur Goldwag. Okay, so that's the book for those of you who might be interested in this kind of shit. And essentially what it is, is just a, a giant encyclopedia on all the various, you know, secret societies and aforementioned that I just mentioned in the book title. Okay, so anyways, going back to the Zizek's jokes, um, it's a very obvious, uh, uh, to me at least, uh, 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 a nod, if you will, to the red, blue, uh, blah, red pill, blue pill culture that's emerged following the Matrix series where Neo's uh, given the opportunity to either stay in the Matrix or exit the Matrix, the choice of which, depending on which pill that he took, the red pill being to stay or to exit the Matrix and the blue pill being to stay in the Matrix, right, that he was offered by Morpheus when he was for, when they first met, okay? So in that particular instance, I'm just going to read the joke straight up because it's not it's not very long to begin with, but it's also very well written. So here we go. The joke states, in an old joke from the de defunct German Democratic Republic, a German worker gets a job in Siberia. Aware of how all mail will be read by censors, he tells his friends, let's establish a code. If a letter you will get from me is written in ordinary blue ink, it is true. If it is written in red ink, it is false. After a month, his friends gets the first letter, written in blue ink. Everything is wonderful here. Stores are full. Food is abundant. Apartments are large and properly heated. Movie theaters show films from the West. There are many beautiful girls ready for an affair. The only thing unavailable is red ink. Wah, wah, wah. So, uh, uh, Zizek here continues to state that, and this is, and rather, and is this not our situation till now? We have all the freedom one wants. The only thing missing is the quote unquote red ink. We feel free, he states, because we lack the very language to articulate our unfreedom. Within this lack of red ink means is that today, all the main terms we use to designate the present conflict, quote unquote, war on terror, democracy and freedom 
human rights, etc., are false terms, mystifying our perception of the situation instead of allowing us to think it. The task today is to give the protesters red ink. Okay, so straight up, what this joke is obviously telling us is that of course the people who are in control are not going to fucking give you the tools necessary to fucking question their authority. Doing so undermines their authority. And they don't want that, obviously. It doesn't matter who the fuck the they is in this particular instance. It could be you and me if we were ever to rise to such positions of power and sought. It could be, right? I'm not saying that it will be. Most likely, probably, if we've never sit, uh, take a moment to sit back and examine where our beliefs and our, 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 our values come from. But it could very well be you and I, the they, whoever it is right now. Who the fuck? Who cares? The point is here being is that they don't want us to fucking know and through shit like their compulsory public education school system, they're not going to give us the tools necessary to be able to fucking articulate this kind of shit, right? So I know I already introduced this, but the point of the point of the whole point of this tangent here before introducing our next topic was simply to state like, yeah, I might not have the evidence, but that doesn't mean that it's not there. Now, to be fair, we got to be very weary of this because this is something of a logical fallacy, namely the appeal to ignorance, where you argue that the absence, the absence rather of evidence is evidence of absence. So in this particular, they'll say it's not there because it doesn't fucking exist. But again, you got to ask yourself, like, how the fuck do I know that it doesn't exist? There's obviously so much information that is withheld from us just as average people, average everyday working class Americans. For whatever the fuck reason, interest of national security, laziness on our behalf, it doesn't matter. There's obviously so much fucking information out there that we just don't have access to, okay? And on top of that, there's also no doubt that there's information that people do have that they don't want us to have access to. This is the whole fucking point of shit like top secret clearances and all that kind of stuff, right? Red tape type shit where they redacted documents, you know, freedom of information that can only go back to a certain amount of years. That's the whole point is there's information that they simply, whoever the they is, again, don't want us to possess. So just to say that because we don't have it now, currently, that it just, it's not an issue. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. This was the whole point of the Afghanistan papers. Those papers would have been really helpful 18 fucking years ago when the war started and people said, we're given the documents that said, yo, this war has been started on a false pretense. We have no information to back any of this shit up. That would have been really helpful 18 years ago. But of course, 18 years ago, the simple response would have been, the reason we don't know this is because the documents don't exist. Bullshit. They fucking knew from the very beginning that it was a fucking nonsense war and only after the 18 years and trillions of dollars later chose to release it, right? So to simply say that the, the absence of evidence here entitles our people to, uh, to dismiss my critique or our critique as the, you know, the people who are questioning this kind of shit because, you know, it, it, the, the evidence isn't there. That's, that's nonsense. They're the ones that get to determine what evidence is or is not there. And of course, they're never going to give us the evidence that, you know, goes against their wishes. So with that said, the whole, uh, I mean, I had, I, I have, I have uh, so much more that I'm going to discuss about in regards to this fucking conspiratory shit. Uh, obviously, I mentioned at the very beginning, the whole birds ain't real shit. Uh, that's one of my favorite introductory lectures in philosophy class. So I'm going to go ahead and save that for some other time, just out of the interest of shortness of time, because it looks like I'm running up to about, uh, I'm getting a little bit close to the hour long mark. And there was some real shit that I wanted to talk about. And that was the current, I read an article recently, okay? And the article was referring to over 170 million Americans who have tainted water systems, essentially, right? And 
This article really fucked with me for a, a variety of reasons, the most obvious of which being that as a fucking American, it was potential, I thought to myself, that I was one of the 170 million people who are, you know, subject to tainted poisoned water. And the beautiful thing about this article, I believe it was on I fucking love science or science alert on Facebook, is that it provided a, a, an interactive map for you to be able me to be able to go and research your city to see if your city was in fact one of the ones that had been tainted by the the poison water. To which of course, in El Paso, it was, right? Now, this is on top of the shit that we know that's already happening in Flint, Michigan, that's happening on many uh, reserva uh, reservations here for the indigenous peoples. Like, it's ha we know that this is happening. But what makes it so prominent now is that it's being released on a more massive level towards the United States of America. More people are becoming aware that, dude, it's not just fucking relegated to these, in these communities. As unfortunate as it is in these communities, this shit is happening everywhere at all times. And it's not even just through water anymore, man. It's everything, bro. Our fucking food that we eat, whatever, like, you know. And talking about this kind of shit, obviously, it, it sounds very conspiratorial. But yo, real shit, like, this is, the, this is the reason why I like to hashtag shit like prison planet. It's an idea that was introduced to me by actually Graham, ha Graham Hancock. It's one of the two ideas that I'll discuss today. Uh, the second of which being this idea that these reptilian fucks, they feed off of our negative energy and that because of that, they, they, they cause conditions purposely of suffering in order for them to have this, you know, this source of, uh, of energy for them to continue to thrive off of. Now, again, I know it sounds fucking batshit crazy. Still, stating it right now sounds fucking batshit crazy. But at this point, honestly, I I am not I'm not beholden to anything. Reality is crazy as fuck in and of itself. So to simply dismiss certain elements of reality because they sound fucking wild and outlandish, or because they don't fit into our pre-established narrative of what we falsely, by the way, given our lack of senses, believe that reality is, it's just nonsensical to me. So like at this point, straight up. Everything is everything is on the table for me when it comes to questions about life, death, afterlife, all that kind of shit, okay? And realistically, there's no difference to me in terms of absurdity, if you will, about talking about the potential that there exist negative uh, entities out there who have enslaved the human population and who are purposely creating fucking conditions of suffering in order to feed off of our negative energy. Like we know energy is a real thing. Science has fucking told us. There's another article on Science Alert. I should have had it fucking on hand. But it basically states that very thing that we can feel that energy, people's energies do exist, right? We like, This is not completely outside of the entire realm of possibility. And when you sit back and you start asking yourself questions like I did during these last three weeks, like, yo, real shit, what do we really know about where we were before we were born? What do we really know about where we go when we die? Like, these are all giant fucking questions that have never been answered and probably never will be answered. Is it possible that we came from nothing into something? Or is it possible that we've always existed and continue to manifest in various iterations or perhaps even the same one an infinitely many number of times? We don't fucking know these answers. And I'm not even at this point convinced that they don't exist. Maybe they do exist. And just like everything else, these answers are being withheld from us. You know what I'm saying? So to simply dismiss one of the potential responses to this because it doesn't fucking, again, fit our narrative, I'm not ready to make that commitment. Furthermore, on even just like the most fundamental basic level, even if it's not true, A, first of all, what's the difference between fucking negative energy and forces that are currently, you know, these reptilians that feed off of our negative energy, okay, in order for them to gain their sustenance uh, and, you know, believing in Christian 
God, like a man building a a, a a raft or a boat rather and putting two of every other animal. Like, how is that any, when you compare the two, you realize, well, damn, at face value, they both sound fucking crazy as shit, right? But of course, one has been standardized and, you know, valored in, in our collective consciousness around the globe. And the other one is kind of just looked upon as fringe crazy shit. They're both fucking crazy, okay? All of life is crazy is the point that I'm trying to fucking establish here. You know what I'm saying? Um, so at the very least, like maybe at the very, very fundamental level, this is just some straight bullshit. And like the Bible and every other religious tale, it's just another fucking fairy tale. Okay, cool. Like I accepted it. I, I embrace these stories at that very level. Like they're fucking fun to look into. Maybe there's nothing beyond the surface level, but at the very least, it beats reading fucking Jordan Peterson or Twilight. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, they're just fun shits. They're fun ideas to engage with. Something to break from the humdrum of everyday life, especially in academia where all everyone wants to talk about is bullshit identity politics. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, so the whole point about this was as I was fucking, you know, looking into this kind of shit, the prison planet. Like, honestly, man, it's hard to argue. Not hard to argue, but it's hard to not feel as though, yo, straight up, for reals, we fucking might very well be living on a prison planet, a planet where, you know, we're thrown into these conditions of suffering, knowing full well, this is the, this is the crux for me. This is the crux for me, okay? Knowing full well that the conditions exist for us to completely fucking change it. Like, the, we, we are in America, one of the wealthiest nations that's ever existed. It is entirely within our means to be able to fix shit like the infrastructure of the country that is providing tainted fucking water to 170 million people on this fucking in this country alone. It's entirely within our fucking potential to build countries, not bomb them to fucking oblivion. It's entirely within our fucking means to be able to fix the food that we eat so that it's not poisoned and that we don't fucking get shit like cancer because of all the chemicals that we're constantly subjected to, whether it be in food water or other life necessary fucking basic necessities. You know what I'm saying? And yet we don't like, we just don't for whatever reason. In fact, it almost seems at least from a critical perspective, as if this shit is on purpose. Like I hear people talk about this that aren't even into conspiracy theories. They ask themselves questions like, why the fuck is a salad so expensive when I go to a fast food joint, but I can buy a cheeseburger for a fucking dollar? You can buy a cheeseburger for a dollar, but maybe we should ask ourselves, why the fuck can I afford a cheeseburger for one dollar? What is in that burger? What is in the bread? What is in the lettuce? All that kind of shit. And of course, obviously, once we start going down that rabbit hole, we realize, well, fuck, not good shit. Not good shit at all. To which the question becomes like, are they doing this on purpose or is it just a result of capitalism? Who cares? They're both fucking bad. And ultimately, at the end, they lead to the lack of quality and potential even death of people in, as they experience this life, right? So greater questions emerge here. Questions like, okay, is life really intrinsically valuable? Or am I, as an American, nothing more than another fucking piece of cattle the likes of which that you find in these factory farms that are being ilked for every fucking fundamental essence of their existence in order to extrapolate as much wealth and resources from you know what i'm saying the poor cow that is constantly being kept pregnant in order to ensure that it's fucking able to deliver milk and then after it's no longer viable fucking thrown face first into a meat grinder to ensure that it could be mashed up to a cheeseburger that you could sell to somebody for a fucking dollar at mcdonald's you know what i'm saying like we we, we can change all that and and we simply don't you know 
And it makes me wonder, like, well, why? Is it really because, you know, again, capitalism? Is it just all about making the buck? Or is it possible that this system is put into play in order for us to suffer from all the consequences that come from drinking, you know, doing shit like drinking tainted water, eating fucking food that may very well be very fucking unhealthy for us? You know what I'm saying? Why isn't more education and knowledge and resources being diverted into rather uh, uh, diverted, I should say, yes, into the into researching this shit. And instead, what they're doing is trying fucking they create laws to keep us from fucking even trying, you know, from ever figuring this kind of shit out. We can't film in a factory farm, for instance. We, you know, we get accused of eco-terrorism. Like, what the fuck? Why would that? Why is that even something that is possible in what's supposed to be the freest country of the United of the world? You know what I'm saying? And that's where I get to the next point, which is the the seeming needless suffering. We can change it, but we don't. And is it possible? Because again, they just don't want to. They, whoever the they is, what I'm thinking to myself. So I'm reading here off the notes that I actually did create. So I apologize if you see me for those of you watching on on the YouTubes or whatever. But I mean, think about it. This is what I was writing to myself is we have all this money in the world and we could use it again to be helping people. Fucking universal education, fucking, you know, universal health care, universal basic income. And you bring this shit up, these things, these very real things that can make a drastic influence on the lives of everyday people, not just in this country, but around the world. And we're fucking called communists for wanting to do so by the very people that that taught us what the fuck communism is. Well, what we think communism is, because obviously they're not going to teach us the real shit about what communism is, right? Just what's ever convenient to them. That's not a plug for communism. I should state it's just a simple uh, acknowledgement of the fact. And, you know, they and, and calling us a communist, it's the same as calling us a fucking conspiracy theories. It put us in this fucking box where we're no longer able to critique and fucking ask questions about why we're even in this box in the first place. What makes up the box? What you know that that, that that's the whole point where this idea is coming from. And you know, I move on to talk about how I again I understand the financial incentive, okay. But when when, when we start thinking about it, when I was thinking about it, I should say in terms of financial incentive, it it, it just appeared to be very. Uh, earth-centric to me okay it's earth-centric in the sense that we're the i say we but you know the people the bourgeoisie the people that own the means of production if their goal is profit motivation and if what we're told about space for instance is fucking true why the fuck would they not be diverting those funds towards trying to get to outer space where all these potential fucking minerals that we're currently mining here from earth exist you know they, they, they talk about how asteroids are made of diamonds and how they're made of all kinds of precious stones and materials why don't they divert the space funds in order to try to find that shit why must they insist to continue to destroy this earth that we're currently living on you know what i'm saying and especially if those resources that come from outer space offer the potential for so much reward that's already that, that that what's already here on this planet. Now, obviously, from here you get into more complex questions like the military-industrial complex. Like it's obvious that shit's a racket. There's been plenty of fucking generals that have fucking coming out and said this. Presidents of the United States that have been warning, like, yo, you got to watch out for this shit, man. So you can't discount the role of that. You know, the prison-industrial complex comes in where you 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 find these countries, Mexico being the, the the latest one, the lithium deposits that were just recently discovered there that have all these precious minerals that, you know, these companies base their entire income on. And then you just fucking bomb them to smithereens and you send the military industrial complex in and you literally kill it 
on two fronts. The first of which being you get to mine all the minerals, and the second of which being you get to keep the prison, the prison industrial machine rocking and rolling. You know what I'm saying? So there's definitely that part, and then all the other ensuing, uh, you know, repercussions and ramifications that come from that very action that we've observed as uh, as part of the the core of this country, the imperialistic aspects here, right? Um, but it, again, it still st- it strikes me as odd. Is like, well, why would the fuck wouldn't they divert those at least some of those funds? Because obviously, they're, they're, it's like they're operating with a blank check when it comes to taxpayers' dollars towards trying to fund space forces, for instance. As you know, to be fair, they're currently doing, but I I believe for different reasons. Uh, to try to find these minerals. Now, the reason I believe that they're doing it, again, I say I believe because that's what we're told and I don't fucking believe shit the government tells us if you haven't yet realized is because they want to be able to defend against potential threats from outer space, right? They say the Russians, maybe aliens, but the real motherfucking threat that we should all be concerned with is life obliterating asteroids, the explosion of the sun. Like that's real shit from outer space that, outer space that we should be concerned with and yet, not one fucking mention of diverting any of our scientific sources, any of our money towards defending from that kind of shit, which also strikes me as odd because there's only one of two. There's only one of two possibilities as to why that I've come up with. Let me see. I make sure I got all this. Mm, yes. Okay. So here we go. Um, they, they, before I continue with this one particular, the, the, the two potential options, I want to clarify the fact that Maybe they might say, maybe they might say that traveling to these asteroids and fucking, you know, traveling to other planets is out of our reach. But honestly, if we follow the logic of what I've been telling you so far, that's only because that's what they're telling us. So what I mean by that is, dude, it's very possible, very, very much possible that these motherfuckers have the technology to be able to travel to other planets, that they have the potential, the fucking whatever, the technology to be able to land, you know, entire colonies on an asteroid and mine it for all of its resources, to break it up into small... I don't fucking know. There's fucking so many potentialities, right? And they just don't tell us for whatever reason. Interest of national security or the highly, you know, conspiratorial being, of course, they're not going to tell us. They want us stuck on this planet. It's the prison planet. You know what I'm saying? Where they get to extract all the resources from us, uh, from the material and the spiritual sense. I don't fucking know. Okay. All I know is that I only know what is made available to us. And even then only what I research because what the fuck, whatever else I don't research exists somewhere out there in the potential world of things that, you know, could perhaps sway my beliefs right now on this matter. Like I said, it's not, it's not static. It's always subject to flux and change. Right. So I might come back in a week and be like, all oh, that shit I talked in episode 32, bunk that shit. Cause it's bullshit. Or I might come back again and be like, yo, I got some more shit. All right. The point is, I can only go based off of what I know, right? And in thinking that, the only two possibilities that I came up with as to why they wouldn't fucking want to get us off this fucking planet in the face of a potential asteroidal impact that could set us back to the fucking Stone Age, right? Or the sun exploding that could take any trace of human of human existence with it and perhaps even sentience in the entirety of the universe with it is because these people, the people that control these kinds of decisions... They're either fucking fatalist, like nihilist, straight up nihilist, and they don't have any fucking care about the earth or the future. They're living for the fucking right now. And as long as they personally can fucking maximize all the profits that will allow them to benefit under this capitalist society that we live in to the max, who the fuck cares? Because they know they're going to die and that'll be the fucking future generation's problems to deal with, right? So that was one possibility. And the second one, the more 
quote unquote conspiratorial one is that maybe just maybe these motherfuckers know that this shit's going to happen and they can give a motherfuck less, not because they're nihilist and fatalist, but because they know it's not going to affect them at all whatsoever because they have the technology that will be able to ensure that when the sun does explode or when the fucking asteroidal impact that fucking causes all life on earth to end comes, they'll have the fucking means necessary to either weather the storm here on earth or simply find themselves in another fucking dimension, another fucking universe, another planet. Like who knows? Again, it sounds crazy as fuck. I get it. But it's no more crazy than the fact that we're fucking listening to a podcast, that I'm podcasting, that we're existing, period. All of reality is crazy as fuck. And to ever limit it, again, because it doesn't coincide with what we've been told, I'm just not willing to make, I'm not ready to make that fucking commitment. Maybe one day I'll go deep enough the rabbit hole and I'll get scared as fuck and, you know, commit myself to an ideology that will just offer me some sort of peace of mind so I can comfortably sleep at night. Or maybe I won't. Who the fuck knows? All I know is it's fucking weird when you start to think about how many different cultures throughout the entirety of human existence have talked about this very thing. Uh, one of my first introductions to this idea about a constant life ending cycle was the Kali Yuga from um, Hinduism. Yes, the Kali Yuga from the, the Hindu uh, tradition of philosophy in general, but certainly their religion. It talks about how the earth goes through these fucking four cycles constantly. It's a cycle of uh, uh, of birth, uh, progress, and there's four of them. I forget. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't spiff you up. I should have just came to the top of my dome, right? But um, it's the progress of essential birth of a, of a of a civilization, like the universal consciousness, even, and then the progression from two to, uh, from step two to step three, and then the ultimate collapse. It's just part of the cycle. The, the fucking cycle ultimately always collapses. In fact, I want to take it as an opportunity to give a shout out to fucking here the Kali right? The Kali Yuga as demonstrated by the eight hands specifically. It was actually before I got into my indigenous shit, I was heavily, heavily into Hindu philosophy. And the reason was because I realized some of the things that they fuck with, some of the ideas that they fuck with, they're actually reverberated in Nahuatl philosophy. So you ask yourself like, how the fuck did a culture from the subcontinent of East Asia and a fucking culture from the here on Central Turtle Island, how the fuck did they come up with similar ideas? Not entirely similar. There's a lot of divergence, but you know, the infant, the quote unquote infinite gods that exist in Hinduism and the quote unquote different gods that exist in Nahuatl philosophy. Like, nah, dog, they're talking about the same shit. It's kind of a monistic interpretation of a god in general. It just manifests itself in Nahuatl philosophy through Teotel, right? In various forms and incantations that we can use to explain certain features of reality. You know, so again, more of that freaking crazy conspiratory connection, whatever. The point here being is that, you know, the Nahuatl, they had the same idea. They're talking about, yo, this fucking world has been, we've gone through this before. When they were when they were colonized, if you will, by, well, they were defeated by the indigenous communities that surrounded them. But when the Spanish colonized them, they, we were living under the era of the fifth sun. And they were trying desperately to keep that shit alive by providing the sun with all the blood necessary for it to ensure that their current way of living didn't come to an end, which unfortunately, as we know, did, okay? And um, it's not just them. There's uh, different shamanic cultures. I fuck, I wish I had that book on hand right now. Again, wasn't planning on talking about the shamanic cultures, but uh, in this book, that one is by, fuck, I forget his name. Uh, Mershi Iliad, okay? Shamanism by Mershi Iliad. 
And it starts, like the fucking book starts by him. He's doing an ethnography on different shamanic cultures from around the world. And it just straight up starts by saying, yo, there was this fucking giant cataclysm that ended the entire world and only a few fucking people survived. And from there, we had a previous culture, but that culture came to an end, but the, the, the knowledge was preserved and we're you know perpetuating through shamanism. Uh, sounds crazy as fuck. But going back to the homeboy, Graham Hancock, Yo, like he's doing the research right now and he may very well be finding like, dude, this, this kind of shit, there may very well be archaeological evidence to prove it. You know what I'm saying? So how it relates to this whole podcast, the idea is simple, man. We're told that, nah, this is, this is time. This is where we've been. This is where we come from. This is the story of the universe up to this point. This is the story of humanity up until this point. Bro, we were taught that shit in public schools. The very public schools that we know that lied about shit like Christopher Columbus, that lied about the fucking foundation of this country. Like if they lied about that, why do I have any reason to believe anything that they have fucking told me? Again, just by virtue of being a brown person who knows full well that everything they taught me was a fucking lie about my ancestors, about how I came to be here as a Chicano in the United States of America. Like what the fuck else could they be lying about? There is no there's no credibility. You know what I'm saying? So obviously this last part is at my most conspiratorial, but seriously, right? Who the fuck knows? We only have the information to go off of that we've been provided with. Okay. So when it comes, I'll just, I'll, I'll end it with this. And then hopefully next time, whenever I do one another one of these bitches, I'll talk about the whole birds ain't real type shit. Right. But, um, for now, I guess the central fundamental point of the podcast was just to realize that, yo, when it comes to this quote-unquote conspiratorial thinking, it's very dismissive for sure. But it's also not only just in the sense of like, oh, it makes you look like a crazy person. Okay, sure, maybe, right? But more importantly, it's something that I think needs to be addressed because ultimately, I feel as though it does nothing more than limit our collective understanding of reality, which to me personally, that's the biggest travesty. I just want to know, it's why I'm a philosopher, man. It's probably why you're listening to this bitch in the first place too, because you're almost probably the same. I just want to know what the fuck is going on. I want to know what life is. I want to try. I'm not going to, but I'm going to strive to figure it out only for the hopes that doing so is going to help me potentially live a better, happier life. And, you know, also you, of course, you know what I'm saying? And because of that, there is no stone that can be left unturned. Everything always should be up for fucking scrutiny. And the second that we have any idea that we think we know what's going on, it's imperative that we stop and we analyze our commitments and ask ourselves, okay, am I being biased here? Or is it potential that I'm experiencing some sort of cognitive dissonance because the ideas that I'm being presented with don't vibe with my pre-established view of reality and are thus threatening my grip on this fucking world, like on this, in this understanding of reality. You know what I'm saying? So um yeah i guess that is as good as time as any to wind this bitch down i hope you all enjoyed it okay um i feel it's nice to be able to provide you with another podcast after such a delay and i'm looking forward to bringing you more so until next time i hope you have a great rest of your day peace <laughs>